This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Hing.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Welcome to The Soul's Journey with Tom Jacobs. A fresh look at astrology shaped by channeled wisdom on the soul and its human journey. Enjoy inspirational insights on how to change karma and make changes for the better. And now, here's Tom. Welcome to another edition of The Soul's Journey. This is Tom Jacobs from tdjacobs.com. I am an evolutionary astrologer, energy worker, and channel currently in Tucson, Arizona. Today is uh, Wednesday, November 5th, and um, this is a pre-record. I'm actually on my way to uh, Stephen Forrest's apprenticeship program, uh, a meeting uh, twice annually of, um, of the community of students, people who come together uh, to uh, to learn from Steve and to do the four-day intensive. So I'm on my way there right now. I'm on the road um, putting together a few different things for you uh, tonight that you uh, that you uh, may or may not find interesting, <laughs> depending. Um, first, I want to do some uh, announcements. And um, I uh, got back from Vancouver uh, this last week. I was in Vancouver, British Columbia for a week doing um, readings and events and working uh, the Body, Soul, Spirit uh, Expo at the PE uh, Forum. And that was a great experience. I learned a lot about talking about my work constantly, like learned a lot about, I guess you might say like, um, like the sales pitch for each of the things that I do. Honestly, that was very challenging to do. Um, and about a third of the way through, I started to become very bored with hearing myself say the same thing over and over again. And then I realized that, yeah, I'm meeting this person for the first time. So I need to, uh, I need to approach it differently. So it's a very positive experience that way. Uh, people did, uh, get some stones, some charged crystals, which I'm really happy about. And I actually, uh, one of the three segments on tonight's show after the announcements is uh, a woman in Vancouver, an energy worker and a yoga teacher who uh, got a stone on Sunday, the third day of the expo, and then had a reading with me three days later. And so when she and her friend were were in uh, the place I was staying, uh, she said, hey, can I tell you what's been going on with this stone? And I asked her if I could record it, and she said yes. So thank you, Cheryl, for that, Cheryl in Vancouver. And so you'll hear Cheryl and then uh, her friend Jennifer's on there uh, as well briefly at the end. Um, so anyway, so I have some great feedback, uh, some intense, awesome, transformative experience uh, that she's going to talk about for a few minutes on that on that recording. And I um, really did enjoy being in Vancouver, and that was fun. Last week uh, you heard... Uh, an, an audio letter for you. I did the show on uh, locational astrology and a little recap of my experiences in uh, in Vancouver. Um, so you heard a little about that. Um, tonight, I'm actually including another audio letter. This was one that I recorded uh, for uh, my girlfriend. Uh, and I'm, I'm including it um, because you can get a sense of what it sounds like when I'm relaxed, when I'm not living on a Saturn Midheaven line, as I am in Tucson. And I'm playful. And Mercury, Neptune, and Sagittarius in the third house is uh, is just kind of riffing on this thing. And the, the, the setup for that, um, I've had a lot of time to think about the chicken. <laughs> the setup for that is that um, there's a restaurant here in Tucson called Chicken Nuevo. Like the, the there's one N, it's one word. So Chica Nuevo, Chicken Nuevo. 
And uh, there's a sign that there's a cartoon chicken with a knife and fork who's grinning at you. So every time we drive by this near our home a couple miles away, uh, I, I have to make a comment. Just, you know, just semiotically inclined, I have to make a comment about what does this mean? So we've taught, my girlfriend and I have talked about this for, you know, 30 seconds at a time, probably 10 times, <laughs> you know, like over the last few months. And when I went on vacation and started, you know, to Vancouver to do this work stuff, but also relax and living, you know, for eight days on the Neptune IC line, started to relax a little. And uh, I was thinking a lot about the chicken, so I wanted to include, uh, you know, uh, I wanted to uh, share those thoughts with her. And I'm including it tonight because, um, frankly, doing the radio show is starting to really uh, burn me out because I don't get the response that I ask for from listeners. You know, it's like 400,000 podcast subscribers, and um, I hear a lot about how the show is great. But I'm, you know, I've been asking every show for support. I'm not trying to make a big deal about it, but, you know, if a few dozen people sent me a couple of bucks a couple times a year, it would make a huge difference for the energy exchange. So now I'm giving 52 free lectures every year through the show. It's really draining me. So I'm not doing a lot of original content for you uh, tonight. I'm going to go to Alpine, hang out with Steve Forrest and uh, the community of people there that uh, feels like family to me, and uh, rest and recoup and decide what I'm going to do going forward. Um, but the show's kind of draining me. So if you want to support the show, if you want to, uh, to help me out with this and help me deliver original content, donate to support the show. It really makes a difference, and pretty much nobody does it. A few times a year somebody does, and... I just look at the energy investment that I put into it every month, and I'm like talking into the ethers, into the void, for 52 hours every year, and it's really draining me. So you're not getting a, a lot of fresh, original stuff tonight. So you're going to hear about the Tiger Iron Stone. You're going to get the audio letter. I've been thinking a lot about the chicken. And then you are going to get one wonderful thing. <laughs> well, I mean, you'll these two things are, are worth hearing. I think um, – for you to hear my relaxed side, I think, is is, uh, is going to be a nice change of pace because I do write satire. I do like to uh, speak extemporaneously uh, on things that I find interesting and insert humor. But anyway, the, 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 the other segment of the show is going to be what I recorded for my subscribers, the subscribers to tdjacobs.com, to my monthly service, um, this morning about the Taurus full moon. So suns in Scorpio, moons in Taurus. And you're going to hear that. It's about a 25-minute MP3 here inserted in the middle of the show. And every month, I, I produce this probably over two hours worth of material of a user's manual for the month. Um, the new moon, the full moon, and looking at the charts of those and kind of really understanding what they're about. And also the sun's passage through a sign. And it's extremely in-depth, like I say, a user's manual for the month. And then also um, typically a channeled meditation this month. Uh, it's a uh, the first 40 minutes of the channeling event I did on cleaning up family and personal relationships that I did on uh, Tuesday the 28th in Vancouver, BC. Uh, instead, in lieu of a channel meditation, but you know it's about a half an hour of channeling in there to uh, to do that. And then also there's a monthly call to pick my brain about all topics metaphysical and astrological. And so some people call in with a question in general about transits, somebody else about meditation or working with crystals. So anyway, so I do that every month as part of the subscription service. And also, um, uh, well, I mentioned two, two videos typically every month. One's on the Sun's Passage, which is a very in-depth look, um, usually at least 20 minutes, sometimes a half an hour, of the sun passing through the sign it's to really understand what's happening and what we're supposed to be integrating and doing, including its aspects. And um, then a video on ingresses, retros, ingresses are when a planet changes signs. 
uh, and then also aspect patterns. Like there was a ton earlier this year on the Grand Cross and Mars retrograde, um, the Grand Cardinal Cross. So anyway, so I'm giving you a, a sample of that full moon MP3 so you can get an idea of how in-depth it is. And I encourage you to subscribe to the service. Um, currently it's 22 a month, or you can do it for, you can subscribe for a year. Um, uh, soon, by the end of the year, it's going to go up a few bucks per month. So I encourage you to sign up. And um, and uh, it's not enough to just know that things are happening. To get a really in-depth evolutionary take on what's happening is critical. Because then you can interact with the moment. You can interact with the time. So I'm giving you that 25-minute sample for free. And you can go to tdjacobs.com and... Uh, and see how you can uh, how you can sign up for that subscriber service and be in touch with any questions about it. There's also a whole list of uh, perks uh, that come with that, with uh, with savings on crystals and books and classes and uh, the whole backlist of my MP3s. So go ahead and check that out on the subscription page on tdjacobs.com. And here is the. Uh, the clip on the feedback on the tiger iron from Cheryl, the energy worker and yoga teacher in Vancouver. Experiences with the, um, what's the name of my rock again? It's a tiger iron. Oh, the tiger iron. Yeah, yeah. I had some interesting experiences with the tiger iron, iron rock. I placed it innately on my second chakra. Uh -huh. And um, normally when I'm working with any kinds of crystals, it's always a warm feeling, tingly. This uh -huh. was completely opposite. It was a cool ice-like feeling that just uh -huh. went directly in and it went right up the Shushanami Nadi, which mm -hmm. is the, the central the channel central, in yeah. and it just literally went shooting like this in this cold ice-like thing and I was like, whoa, and I like took it off and I'm like, okay, what's going on? Yeah. I gotta put it down for a second and then I felt the rock and it was completely hot. Yes. Like burning <laughs> my hand hot and I'm like, but it's setting this cool weird, what is going on? So I was like, okay, don't make sense of it. I actually fell asleep with the rock. The first <laughs> night I had it. Well, let me tell you, it was bizarre. It moved itself along the three chakras while I was sitting there. I literally was laying there going, okay, where are my, my guides? Are they moving this thing? And I could feel it going and shifting. <laughs> and I felt it shift up. And then I felt my stomach kind of get big, and then it would go back down. And it's like my body was moving. I was doing nothing. I was doing no belly breathing, nothing. Uh -huh. And it moved from... First to third chakra, and then I was told, do not remove this rock. Uh -huh. We are working. Uh -huh. And I was like, is this Metatron? And he says, yes. Uh -huh. I'm like, is the Melchizedek here? Yes. Uh -huh. I'm like, okie dokie. And I lay there, and I all of a sudden was so exhausted, fell asleep, woke up, and I was like, why does it feel like someone's holding my lower back? And I recently third and uh, my L3 and L4 pinched a nerve like really badly paralyzed yeah. from the waist down yeah. in June okay. and the energies I'm guessing it's Metatron took the rock and put it right on my spine uh -huh. and I woke up and my back has been absolutely awesome since that day so they took the rock and they put it and so again I was like cool yeah. took the rock again the next night yeah. and then this time had it over my heart chakra it was definitely cool Yes. But it was like nothing needed to be healed. Like it was uh -huh. just this, it was right below, like, so basically between the second and third, it's just a little bit up from my lower back because that's usually where I have it. But it was like my L3, L4. Uh -huh. So literally when I woke up, and there wasn't a mark on me. Right. And you know how, like, I'm sleeping on a rock. 
on my spine yes. for seven hours. I should have woke up in absolute agony, having yes. something digging into my back. That's right. But it wasn't. It was absolutely the complete opposite. Wonderful. And then the next night, I fell asleep with it on my heart chakra, and it yeah. stayed on my heart the whole night. Did not move. Which is absurd. But Which yes. is absurd because <laughs> I sleep on my side. I'm all over the yeah, place, and it didn't matter. I, I actually woke up, and I'm like, so. I have slept with the rock now three nights, yeah. and I'm almost becoming obsessed with the rock. To sleep with the rock. And I'm like, <laughs> what? Rock today. what? And I forgot it. It was so weird. I was like, uh-huh. I had to remember to bring her gift. Uh-huh. She reminded me yeah. to, uh, to bring and the rock. And I was like, okay, I got to bring the rock. But the thing is, is the rock is like, no, hell no. We are like sitting here on your bedside. Like this is this uh-huh. is my new relationship with the rock. Yes. And it's, and I don't use it for meditation. It's not. Perfect. It's okay. not I'm for obviously, that purpose. I have my favorite rock or my favorite crystals and stuff that I use, and yeah. I've got ones I've bought from Peru and very high energetic things given to me from healers and blessed by people. Yeah, right on. This rock, it's 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 like my rock, meaning well, my this, stability. It's, this is like the it's like the process of charging them is almost an hour long, and it's so it's like what we're doing for for Jennifer it was like that kind of process. Like you were really sensitive to me doing a little energy work. But I was really kind of putting a ton of energy in her direction. And um, it's that kind of process of like me sitting there, <sighs> moving that energy in as I breathe while, um, while channeling. So it's like, it's a really intense process to just really make sure that there's a ton of juice in there, so to speak. So. So, yeah, so it's different than how other people would charge a stone or bless it. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if other people were doing this in quite this way, but it's like seriously, you know, waves of intentionality and empowered energy moving into it. You know, so. Well, so I, felt, I felt like, I felt Metatron, and I work with Metatron energy, okay, right? So, you're so familiar I'm with familiar, that familiar with yeah. him, and I'm familiar with the energy when he's in the room. Melchizedek I'm more familiar with because he uh-huh. just finished a whole track of trainings with okay. that energy and spinning rock buzz and doing all that stuff. So, but Metron is is very um, very subtle compared to a lot of the other ones that I was working with, and just the way he kind of snuck it around, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And mm-hmm. it's like it was just yeah, it was absolutely well, wonderful. I'm, no, it was so great, happy. and I and yeah. I, I just honestly I I, um, you, I I mean I'm very connected to my crystals, and I, and I but I usually don't use them that much, right? Like, they're, they're just, rock. you're not, yeah. like, you know, with the rock and I are like... But it's a bookmark to the to their consciousness. You know, yeah. like, any crystal, you know what activates certain pathways, but this is a book, it's like having them in your house. It's, so it's that, like I slept with him. That's right. Right? Well, see, this is honestly my problem. Your Uranian relationship, Yes, right? with I was having a... With, with, the, with the rock. <laughs> and I'm like... Okay, so obviously I'm meditating with it. I should be sleeping with it. Oh, what I, don't, no, I don't know. I'm kidding. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> no, but I just I you know. know. It's bizarre, right? And 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 now like it's and I I have to have the it's kind of like almost like I need to put it on wherever it tells me to put it on. That's right. And I'm just going to put it on there. And if I sleep with it, great. And if not, it goes on the table. But I should and then, a part tape. You and then I, at one point, okay, this is well, the third, third night. The third yeah. night was the night where the rock was taken off me and placed precariously on the edge of my nightstand just so that it was leaning yeah. like, almost ready to fall it was bizarre I'm like how is it even staying there like I actually had to look yeah. because it could go and it went and it doesn't matter it was balanced perfectly yeah. on the edge of the nightstand yeah. so I fell asleep with it on I can't even remember what chakra now on the third night but I fell asleep with it again 
And then I woke up, and I'm like, I didn't place that there. Uh-huh. So, yeah. Not a trump with a rock. I'm telling you, when <sighs> Judy told me to do it, I was like, that is crazy. And he was just like, just trust me. And so, you know, here we are. Thank you. No, thank you. Like that, that, honestly, and my, my, my spiritual teacher works with um, both a lot, mm-hmm. and she works with um, Metatron. So those mm-hmm. are her two... So you, I find a yeah. lot of similar energy between yeah. you and her, and um, yeah. she's uh, Annette. She's just like 72 okay. years old, this amazing woman that's, right that's done 30 years of spiritual work. And yeah. Yeah. So I'm very familiar with that energy, and that's why I was so drawn to the yeah. rock. It's like, oh, it's Annette. Right? Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. See, so you chose the right rock after us. I did. Yeah. Well, good. I don't know if you remember us doing the whole testing yeah, thing. I do, yeah. yeah. I do remember, yeah. But you got to figure out what's right, you know, you got to figure out. What Cheryl mentions at the end is uh, asking me if I remember that she and her friend came to the table at the expo and uh, picked up a bunch of different stones and asked me a bunch of questions and really felt into the energy. And they did that three times and they kind of felt a little self-conscious, but I was uh, really encouraging them to to feel into the stones and, and really uh, be clear about what was the right thing for them. So this takes us to the first break. Stick with me. Be right back. This is Tom Jacobs on The Soul's Journey. Ever wondered what your soul is? How about how to create a meaningful life to make the most of your time on Earth? In the important new channeled book, Conscious Living, Conscious Dying, Ascended Master Jehudi, a.k.a. Thoth and St. Germain, explains soul, life and death to support you in living a meaningful life now it opens with a description of soul and how it informs and experiences your human life creating a meaningful life and an in-depth exploration of death follow making this a must-have for all humans conscious living conscious dying provides a roadmap for making peace with the reality of life and the fact of death to free you to make the most of your time on Earth. Get your copy of Conscious Living, Conscious Dying now on Amazon, Kindle, or at tdjacobs.com. back to the soul's journey this is tom jacobs from tdjacobs.com and uh just one more note on the tiger iron i i charged a bunch of crystals i cut and polished many crystals uh before i went to vancouver and so now uh there is a a host of new new crystals on the uh, on tdjacobs.com on the on the tiger iron page and uh this is good for grounding if you haven't uh figured out what this is about or if you're a new listener to the show or the podcast you can go also go to uh, my youtube channel and look up videos on these crystals i did a uh a video this morning actually uh on an update on the Tiger Iron, talking about the importance of grounding and giving some insight into that. So, so you can uh, you can check all that out on tdjacobs.com and also on YouTube. And now uh, the next uh, segment is the uh, I've had a lot of time to think about the chicken. Uh, I hope you enjoy it. Kind of a lark, uh, but I do a lot of uh, expository writing and satire, and uh, and uh, every time I travel, I do audio letters uh, for my girlfriend to to just express that side of me. When I'm in Tucson. You know, just building on last week's uh, teaching, you know, about the astrocartography, 
Uh, Tucson's a Saturn Midheaven line for me, and uh, my Saturn's in Gemini, and Vesta is there too. So there's a sense of purpose and really being driven to produce communications in order to improve things and make life better. So when I'm in Tucson, I don't relax that much to really allow that creativity uh, to happen, unless it's a um, unless it's kind of a stress release valve or you know pressure release valve. Uh, but just to kind of flow in creativity, I really need that that uh, Sagittarius and Neptune stuff and uh, Venus stuff activated. So here is uh, here is the uh, the audio letter. Well, this is an audio letter. I'm uh, I'm in Seattle in the airport, and I've I've had a lot of time to um, think about the chicken. This started actually when I was leaving Tucson, so I've had eight days to think about the chicken. And the first the first thing that I'm going to say is actually the last thing that I thought. And it is that under what conditions would you present yourself grinning while holding a knife and a fork to somebody else? So, so if you, like if you had a plate of mashed potatoes and peas and this was your favorite food, you might, you know in a grinning way approach your plate like that so kind of like that's what your plate would see when you're about to eat it eat the food on the plate right that that's the view from the plate so it could be that the chicken has been told that anybody who walks up to it is a potential meal so this is this is one idea this is one thing i'm working with um, the next thing I'm going to say is actually the first thing I thought when I was uh, on the train from the, the airport in Seattle to the bus station uh, last week. And it is that, you know, the um, like a parent or a grandparent or a, an, uh, an aunt or an uncle with a little kid might find that kid so adorable that he or she would threaten to eat the child. You know, I'm, you're so cute, I could gobble you up. This kind of thing. Um, so... So it might be that somehow the chicken now, I mean, maybe when the chicken was a chick, right, was like a baby chicken, that somebody said that or said that all the time, like, like grandma, like grandma chicken, right? And... Maybe nobody else in the family really ever made the chick the chick feel loved. So now the chicken is an adult, of course, who has access to silverware and being on a sign. 
<laughs> and um, it's, you know, associates, got to get back on track here, and associates, you know, being unconditionally loved with that idea of, I, I could gobble you up. But they, the, the grandma chicken wouldn't say it that way because gobble is a turkey word. You know, I could, um, I could cut you up with a knife and fork and eat you right now. Like, and this would be the expression of love. This is what would make the chick, you know, fe- feel unconditionally loved by grandma chicken. So now, it's years later, and, um, you know, chicken has silverware, whatever, and access to a sign, <laughs> um, and is looking for unconditional love, remembers, you know, being a chick and having that thing. So basically, this chicken, now as an adult, is approaching everybody else who passes by the sign, right, on which the chicken is uh, featured. And the chicken's like presenting this, I could eat you up right now with this, I could cut you up with a knife and fork and eat you right now. Like you are that wonderful uh, person who lives in Tucson. Person who's driving by the sign on which I am printed. So the chicken is, I believe, potentially offering love in order to somehow guarantee receiving love. That's what that's what this that's what this is about. And so you know we can make all the jokes we want, but there's a serious thing happening here. There's like a real, you know, you know, oh the chicanity you know, story happening. Oh, the, oh, the pathos. You know, it, it really, it really um, plucks at your heartstrings. <laughs> you know, if, if you're, you know, <laughs> plucks at your heartstrings if you, you know, are not cold and detached and robotic customer service representative, you know, on a call, call center job. And so, you know, while we joke around about it, there is this real story happening and I just, I just want us to be more sensitive because I think that, I think I heard once that being more sensitive makes you a better person. And it's like, I know that grinning at everybody with a big knife and fork as if I'm going to cut them up with a knife and eat them with a fork like right there because they're so adorable like I know that that's not my strategy so I think that you know endeavoring to be more sensitive and compassionate to what this chicken is going through and what it really means for example like we can pretty much guarantee that at this point grandma chicken is dead you know, maybe, maybe that grief wasn't fully processed. Maybe, you know, maybe it's still a problem. And certainly there's a, there's a, a hole, a gaping hole, where this chicken's sense of being loved 
would be, you know, like this glaring, gaping absence, you know, necessitating this, you know, being out on this sign. And Tucson resident, I could, you're so cute and therefore lovable, I could cut you up with a knife and eat you with a fork. So anyway, I don't think this is your strategy either. I think that I think that you're a nice person, and I think that you want to stay that way, and I don't think you want to kind of come off as, you know, like Jack Nicholson in The Shining. I don't, I don't think that's right for either of us. So I want to be respectful of, um, of what the chicken is going through, or at least what it, what it appears to have gone through, based on, you know, this sensitive analysis of what's been going on. A, um, a wiener dog on a leash pulling a person just went by. The wiener dog is colored like a caramel macchiato. But if I said caramel macchiato dog, do not perceive you would have known what I'm talking about. But I can tell the dog did not know its grandparents. So that'll take us to the second break. This is Tom Jacobs on The Soul's Journey, and I'll be right back. When you've thought positive thoughts, tried to forgive yourself and others for everything, and read piles of self-help books and still feel stuck, call evolutionary astrologer and channel Tom Jacobs. Consultations with Tom reveal the core of what hurts you and holds you back. Tom changes clients' lives with a personalized blend of evolutionary astrology, messages from spirit guides, channeling and energy work with Ascended Master Jehudi and Archangel Metatron, chakra cleaning and rebalancing, past life integration, and teaching you to transform what you are manifesting. Tom will provide whatever you need to move through knots, blocks, or bruises. To book a life-changing session with Tom Jacobs, call 213-925-6019 or visit tdjacobs.com. Hi there, welcome back to The Soul's Journey. This is uh, your friend Tom Jacobs from tdjacobs.com. I'm an evolutionary astrologer, energy worker, and channel. Combining all those things in readings and also teaching people intuitive skills development and also teaching astrology. So you can call me, I do consultations, readings, and energy work on a very affordable sliding scale. Uh, since the Cardinal Grand Cross activated my uh, Venus in the 12th, uh, I open things up on a sliding scale. So uh, you need some help. You need some work done. You need to clear out things. You feel like you need to clear things out in order to get some of your smarts to actually make something happen that you need to have happen. It's very common for people studying metaphysics and really getting on this spiritual path to experience blocks that they don't know how to get to. And I am a professional block finder and relief releaser and reliever. So I know you can call me at 213 213- 925-6019 to ask questions. You can also read about that on my site, tdjacobs.com. To, uh, to close out the show, I have the uh, MP3 for you. 
uh, on that's for my subscribers for my subscription service through tdjacobs.com the user's manual for the month and this is on the full moon in Taurus Sun in Scorpio moon in Taurus that is happening uh, tomorrow uh, November 6th so uh, I hope you enjoy that and check out the subscription service really um, it's the mother load of uh, astrological interpretation every month, not just saying, yeah, this aspect's going to happen or that planet's entering this sign, but really getting an evolutionary perspective on how to maximize uh, the potential and really uh, make good choices with it. Hey, everybody, this is the full moon MP3 for the month, the solar month of Scorpio, and this is the full moon in Taurus. This is happening um, at 1426 Taurus. So the sun's at 1426 Scorpio. And the full moon is at 1426 Taurus. So we say that you could say the new, the full moon of Scorpio or the Taurus full moon because it's in, it's actually in Taurus. So we've had uh, two weeks at this point of the sun in Scorpio, being aware of intensity, truth. What do I, what am I afraid of? What do I, what do I deeply, passionately desire? What things under the surface might actually inform my outer behavior that I'm not sure about? So that's about me, but also how I'm aware of subtle emotional, psychological motivations that drive other people as well as myself. So what's the subtext here? We've had two weeks of having the giant flashlight in the sky, the sun, put light of conscious awareness on subtext. It's going to be true that you're aware of new things about yourself and how you behave and aware of others. Just keep that in mind during this whole, uh, this whole uh, explanation. When we experience Scorpio stuff, we tend to want to project that on others because if it's unattractive or if it seems greedy or, uh, you know, really intense, we don't want to own that in ourselves necessarily. Uh, it can be not a struggle, but sometimes a long-term learning lesson, learning module to accept the Scorpionic parts of ourselves. So Sun's in Scorpio. Sun is conjunct Venus. And as I mentioned in the subscriber videos, talking about the sun's transit through Scorpio, right when the sun entered Scorpio, we had that um, new moon, a partial eclipse, and at zero Scorpio, Venus was there as well. And prior to that, Venus had been trailing the sun in Libra, and then it's right after that eclipse happens, happened on the October 23rd, now Venus pulls ahead. So now we have this sense of Venus leading the sun. Venus is edging ahead of the sun. So things that are happening may lead with Venus. So value system, what's important, money, what you receive from others, what you give others, what is fair. Venus kinds of issues um, lead the sun right now. At this, full, at this full moon, Venus is conjunct the sun. So there's a light on what is really important. You want the truth with others. You want them to tell you the truth. You want to be strong enough and courageous enough to hear the truth. There's something you're aware of that is true that you might need to express, but you're definitely aware of something, a new level of something about yourself and your world. And Venus is here, so it brings in the notion of other people. Other people are involved, and what I'm looking at, I need to adequately express, I need to appropriately, is the better word, express my value system right sun conjunct venus the light of conscious awareness on what is most important and other people in relationships reflect your values and money reflects how you feel about yourself and life and others
Palace Athene, so that's at 17 Scorpio. Sun's at about 14 and a half, and uh, Venus is just about 17 and a half, three degrees. It's uh, pretty active. Palace Athene in Scorpio at eight degrees Scorpio is here as well. So there is an element of needing to stand up for something, adding in Venus, that matters to you. The need to, def to stand up for something that matters to you. It can seem as though you must defend something that matters to you, defend a truth, uh, defend even the recognition, like the content, you know, like um, what I'm aware of now matters, but being aware of what it is under the surface that's coming up. So you can, at, when Pallas is involved, find yourself feeling defensive, but Pallas is the wise warrior energy. So I recommend that and it was not that far away from, I think it was at two or three Scorpio, two Scorpio, um, maybe in the, within the first two degrees of Scorpio at that uh, new moon eclipse. So I talked about it on the previous MP3. Um, but here's the, the, the opportunity to stand up for something that you're learning is true, to align with something, to not need to be defensive, not perceive that you need to be defensive, but to own the truth of something that's real. Now, Pallas and Venus are nine degrees apart, you know, eight and a half degrees apart, so that's kind of wide, but the sun ties them together. So we should look at this as a stellium, three energies that are blended. So at this full moon, we can't think about the sun without Venus and Pallas together in Scorpio, the need to stand up for something. Now, Pallas and Venus are also creative energies. They also in, in carry this potential of cre creativity and creation. Each also has to do with fairness, justice, balance, and harmony to some degree. Definitely Venus keywords, and then this idea with uh, Pallas Athena as the wise warrior who stands up for a cause that she believes in. Um, the other side of this is realizing now that there is something you believe in that you are not aligned with, or something that is true that you are not embodying or owning. So we have to own, when we're talking about stuff happening in Scorpio, we have to own what looks like unpleasant things or scary things or darkness or ugly emotions, you know, ugly motivations, baser motivations. These are all, Scorp most of them are Scorpio things. So you're becoming aware of something and you need to own it. Now, <laughs> that, that sounds great, right? Given all of that, <laughs> you... Um, realize that this is dramatic <laughs> you know um sun puts light on scorpio something under the surface comes to the surface oh my god i didn't know that's what was motivating me oh that's why i want that thing oh wait a minute this is why i've been bent out of shape about this whatever you know that kind of energy comes up here and palace athene because it's about owning something and standing up for a cause, you can actually also have it be avoiding owning something. So you're having something intense come up. Are you owning it? You're having perhaps, potentially, a really negative or acerbic or defensive reaction to something. Are you owning it? Or do you think it's because the other person or the situation in your life is causing you to do it? So you need to own it. It's a huge thing here. But what all this is about dr drama. Scorpio stuff is like, until we get peace with the truth, sorry, until we can find peace through, yeah, I just totally edited that sentence unintentionally. I cut out like more than half the words <laughs> to try to get. 
<laughs> once you through a scorpionic process or you know find peace through owning aligning with and embodying the truth of something the truth of who you are the truth of what you want the truth of what you refuse to experience the truth of what you absolutely will not put up with any longer whatever it is because there's a lot of reactivity that comes with scorpio of defense you know the stinger wait a minute that's toxic i don't want that um when you find peace through that then you align with truth and you don't you're not defensive anymore and you don't have a chip on your shoulder and you're not resentful of anybody and this is high scorpio positive beautiful loving scorpio energy but it is dramatic until you get there you know inside the you know kitchen of your psychic mansion there could be people throwing plates at each other <laughs> you know and like chasing each other with rolling pins like inside your psyche you know like um i want this yeah well you know what who cares <laughs> you know or whatever i'm having that kind of thing in my own head like realizing why i want this thing that i want that is simply almost chronically unavailable and i'm like well you know basically i'm like what the f like what is the problem and so i'm really getting this invitation to look at my motivation for this and this is a scorpionic process so this for me is a lot about this full moon which is two days a day and a half before my birthday so in other words the sun is on my son at this uh at this day my birthday is the eighth and then um uh the moon is opposing my son so i'm getting like a I'm getting like a real invitation here to really be aware of my motivations so anyway drama intensity depth you know looking at one thing and seeing five layers you know scorpionic process needing to sort through things the full moon itself taurus calm down slow down get grounded take that edge out of your voice soothe <laughs> that's the that's the balance point here for for the scorpio intensity is a taurus full moon so essentially the moon is going to show you through reflection how you experience scorpio it's going to say wait a minute it does does it have to be that dramatic you can even notice the the, the absolute shift in the vibration and energy coming through my voice i'm doing that intentionally so you can hear about all that scorpio stuff and then this taurus thing is like hey wait a minute hey look at how that affects you so the moon idea here at this uh full moon is to be aware of the sensation and the feeling how it affects you emotionally your personal the impact personally upon you of this intense struggle so realize you know my kind of take on this full moon is that you're getting this opportunity to see to observe through you know laboratory experiment of your daily life how you deal with fear and how you deal with your resistance to accept all parts of you this idea that i was talking about of scorpio like you know an unseen motivation that might be driving a situation or informing something comes to the surface and then you have the opportunity to own it even if it looks ugly or if it's an unattractive thing that you don't want to be true about you this full moon is to show you the impact of avoiding accepting what's true about you and struggling like the impact of struggling against just being who you are you know emotional psychological spiritual warts and all <laughs> so 
So that's the story of this full moon. It's about calming down, but you can't really get it until you see how you are processing the drama. There's a contrast at every full moon. And the moon says, hey, wait a minute, this is needed, right? In the context of the sun, the, the, the sun's trek through a particular sign. In this case, all this drama with Scorpio and now with uh, Venus and uh, Pallas. Also realize that you can, you can think about um, what I was talking about in the first video, uh, subscriber one video, the sun's through Scorpio, because after this, the sun begins a square to Jupiter, which is already square, uh, Jupiter and Leo, 21 Leo at the time of the full moon, which is already square Saturn at 24 Scorpio. So Saturn, so sun's going to activate that power struggle between self-expression and obligation, responsibility, and structure. You know, self-expression and having faith in the self and investing in one's own opinion and playfulness, expression, creativity, that's the Jupiter and Leo, square Saturn and Scorpio. Yes, but what about the harsh brick wall of reality? And what about rules? And what about shoulds? And all those things in there. So Sun, right after this, you know, showing you drama the full, at the full moon, right after this, you're going to have um, about, you know, 10, more than 10 days, right? 10, 13, 14 days of the sun activating the sun, the square, the Saturn-Jupiter square. So the Taurus full moon is for seeing how you might spin yourself out, run yourself ragged, you know, run yourself in circles. You might be like, um, you might have one of your shoes nailed to the floor, but you think you're running in circles of trying to avoid something about yourself that's unpleasant, a choice that you perceive you need to make, but is potentially, you have to be so blunt about doing it or its effect will be, you fear damaging to other people. When we live Scorpio energy, we find that we must be transformed through experiencing fear and deciding how we're going to respond to it. If you've ever heard, um, I honestly don't know where this comes from, but I perceive it's a Western I saw when I was a child, <laughs> like a Western movie, you know, where some uh, grizzled, leather-faced, you know, cowboy hero figure character says something about courage <laughs> and uh, how courage isn't the result of a lack of fear, but it's proceeding even when you have fear. I don't know, maybe maybe it's a movie from the Alamo or the Civil War. I don't know. There's some kind of like old Western whatever. You know, we have all these kind of, uh, culturally, we have these heroic ideals about courage. And one of the things that happens with Scorpio, with this intense process, is we have to decide if we're courageous enough to meet all parts of us, meaning the perceived demons or the expected enemy is actually within. The part of us, we're afraid what it's going to do, right? We're afraid what we might do or the effect that we might have on others. So anyway, this whole Scorpio business to be, you know, is is, is broiling and roiling and like a bubbling and ugh, you know, the cauldron of ugliness and it's you, it's in you, it's inside you, it's, it's you. And the Taurus full moon, wait a minute, why are you letting that affect you so much is the question. Why are you letting that get you down? What's with all the brooding? 
hey, you know, you know, even to the point of somebody might try to get you or you might try to get somebody else to come out of a stuck internal loop, the mental process that keeps you stuck in a crappy idea or a judgment or a fear, a criticism, a bit of hatred. Anyway, accept that parts of you can hate, can rage, can um, put melatonin in bits of sausage and ride your bike to the neighbor's house and give the sausage, give the dog, barking dog sausages. <laughs> I've used a plutonium thing with you guys and on the radio show a lot over the last couple of years about barking dogs. I, I, I admit that I am giving them melatonin now and little bits of sausage. Uh, anyway, but, you know, accept that you can't have the choice. You can hurt others. You can drug the neighbor's dogs when they stand outside in their yard and bark for eight hours a day. And nobody does anything about it. And you can't even find where the, you know. So anyway, so accept that parts of you can do damage. Accept that parts of you can lie. Accept that parts of you can be so ashamed of who you are or what you might do that you might lie. Accept that you might be willing to live in a lack of authenticity in order to not have to hear the truth about what you hate about yourself or fear from others. You might not have, you know, so you don't have to hear from others an explication of what you fear is true about you. So accept that parts of you may be depressive at times or anxious or angry. Anyway, accept these things that we don't want to accept. Because we want life to be about sunshine and happiness, but of course we keep finding it isn't. So accept these things. Realize how, this is a big message here, I'm seeing it for the third time, it's that important, I'm paraphrasing. But realize how you actually day-to-day -day experience your scorpionic process, this Taurus full moon, is to balance that. Well, what's really important here? And, I, you know, that's the Taurus question. What's really important here? Taurus wants efficiency. So you need, at this moment, moon, you need some efficiency. You need simplicity. It's time to let the drama be what it is and focus on what truly matters. I'll tell you, when I work with people with a Scorpio South Node and a Taurus North Node, I actually just did. I did a, a reading for a woman with Pluto, Moon, Saturn, and Scorpio conjunct the Scorpio South Node. So Pluto, Moon, and Saturn, they, they bridged about 18 degrees, but they were conjunct. And they and the South Node's in the middle there, right next to the Moon in the middle. And um, I told she asked me about relationship stuff. She asked me about compatible signs. She asked me stuff like that. And I said, you're always going to draw, and she has an addiction issue. And she said, I, I draw people with addiction issues, and I'm just wondering if that's like my whole life. And I said, you're vibrating something that will do that. But you get to pick and choose, is this person in recovery and empowered? Is this person sane, grounded, and self-loving? Or is this person stuck in a dramatic self-harm you know, process, even if the substance is no longer used you know, and is in recovery? Is that person still having a relationship with self-hatred or with fear or self-doubt or regret or shame or guilt or something like that that can lead us sometimes to damage ourselves through substance abuse or something like that. So she gets to pick and choose. So I was like, at the Taurus North node, 
you're supposed to focus on what really matters. So in some people, you will see this core of empowerment that they can handle it and they can actually be friends. Like they actually have the ability to be friends and they're not just looking for someone to share a sad story with or to somehow engage in the, the conversation surrounding the drama. But yeah, you know, it's Scorpio South Node, you attract this energy. You attract it, and it can seem like you're surrounded by it. One of the things about Scorpionic energy is to be sometimes distracted, or some, what I want to say is overwhelmed by the intensity of a situation. You are naturally emotionally affected. You are naturally emotionally reactive to whatever is stimulating you, right? Whatever the Scorpionic thing is. You can run. You can hide, but but if you're there, you know you're you're gonna you're gonna experience this reaction, and so I, I you know when I work with people with Scorpio South and I say, look, you're accustomed to this, but your job is to is to learn how to focus on what truly matters and to be efficient and focused on uh, you know having intentions. I say this about a lot of things, but it's very important when we talk about Taurus, second house, Venus stuff. Well, what really matters here? What do I want to see happen? What am I creating? That's not really about goals. Goals grow out of what is most important, right? So the 11th house thing grows out of the second house foundation. Okay, so let me just look at uh, other things in here. Sun is in a wide square. It's uh, seven degrees, so I guess six and a half degrees, a little over six and a half. Uh, with Jupiter and Leo, so that's counts. So it's this a square, this this full moon. So you're having this thing about drama versus simplicity, intensity and truth, and you know, ah, the struggle, you know, the struggle versus the need to be some simp uh, have simplicity and efficiency and straightforward, you know, ness. Jupiter and Leo, with uh, and actually uh, Juno and Leo. They're 10 degrees apart, but they're each square this full moon. So what do you have faith in regarding yourself and who you are? So this is a lot about priorities. The Scorpio business is a lot of buzzing drama. The Taurus thing is like trying to counter it through calming down, saying, look at how this affects you. Look how you lose energy. Look how you leak energy. And then the square to Juno and Jupiter in Leo is to, to really make you realize what you are here to do. So if you live a Taurus Scorpio thing, you're, you, if you're living a Taurus thing in response to Scorpio, which is what the focus of this full moon is, you're trying to calm down and pull away from drama and unnecessary crap. You're just trying to pull away from other people's crap, their fears, their stories, their junk. <laughs> you know, like their disempowered narratives, whatever. Um, you know, the little little graphic novels that they're, they want to narrate for you over five hours over a cup of coffee about how terrible their life was. You know, like they want to narrate and give you the images and facial expressions. <laughs> they just get that image of like somebody producing a work about how terrible things are. Um, you know, it's got to be a graphic novel, by the way. And Jupiter and Leo, personal expression, faith, what do you believe in? Well, what's your part in this? Because if you live in this reactive way to Scorpio and you're like, I just got to shut everything out you lose the opportunity to express. So the square in here from, from Leo is to add to this conversation of what truly matters. It's not just about you or you fending off others. It's also about how this can, how all of what you're experiencing can be turned into some creative expression. 
You should realize something about yourself if you're willing to see, and you know, if you're willing to see a different perspective, if you're willing to be squared right now, which is always uncomfortable. But if you can laugh at what parts of you fear, you rob the, 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 the parts of you that are expected to be demonic or evil, like the, the scary parts. You rob them of some of their, of their um, you know, booming voice thunder. So this is about laughing at the stupid things that we do because we fear being complete. This is about being willing to find joy and celebrate this human, oh-so-human process that we go through in Scorpio, where we need the Taurus to balance out Scorpio excess. We need to laugh about it. So laugh at the folly of taking things too seriously, Sun and Scorpio. You know, not that far from Venus, not that, you know, with Pallas, warrior energy, you know, this really matters with Venus, the warrior energy with Pallas. And of course, by extension, Saturn and Scorpio, 10 degrees away, but eight, it's uh, tied in by seven degrees with the Venus. I didn't mention it because it's not really tight, but this idea of taking something very seriously, we, we, we've had Saturn and Scorpio here for probably almost a couple of years, and there is this edge there. We're taking very seriously this 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 thing behind the curtain. We're not we're not sure how to look at it. We're not sure how to own in a healthy way. And the Taurus thing is like you know maybe it doesn't even so complicated. But the Leo influence here is to laugh, and to laugh at like I say the folly of how much energy you might expend hating a part of you that you wish didn't exist. <laughs> Focus on what's important. Laugh at the folly. Because this is the divine play. This is the divine drama. This is the divine play working itself out through your emotional, psychological acrobatics to try to avoid being evil or unattractive or emotionally warty. <laughs> so, so thanks for your time and energy. This is the, uh, the end of this, uh, this MP3. Take care. You've been listening to The Soul's Journey with Tom Jacobs, a fresh look at astrology and soul inspired by channeled wisdom. For more information, tune in every Thursday at 6 p.m. Pacific. Connect with Tom directly via www.tdjacobs.com. That's tdjacobs.com.